Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, where our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Man, that's the life, the overcoming life, the victorious life, the life of victory. And it's available to every child of God, no matter what you've experienced. It's not God holding you down. He hasn't foreordained that you live a miserable life. That's a lie. And if you've experienced a lot of bad things in your past or your childhood, I want you to know that wasn't God. That wasn't His perfect will. Wrong choices were made. God was rejected by people and His plan was ignored by many but if you will decide, forget about the past, quit blaming everybody for everything. If you, you come to God for yourself and lay hold of Him and trust Him and be teachable and correctable, oh, will He take you places. <laughs> he will bring you out of the pit and He will take you to the highest heights. He, he will he, he'll put you in places and situations in time to come. You'll just shake your head and go, oh, God. How good you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all you got to do is make a decision right now that you trust him. You're not fighting him. You're not mad at him. You trust him. Come on, class, sit out loud. Lord, Lord I, trust you I trust you completely. completely. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we join in faith uh, again today asking for the utterance asking for the anointing and the direction and the guidance, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me again at our uh, passage in Luke, the 13th chapter and the 10th verse. We've been studying these individual cases of healing, and we're down now to the 16th one in our study of these 20 cases. It's the healing of the woman with the spirit of infirmity. Luke 13.10 says, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together, could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and glorified God. Healing still glorifies God today. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Well, verse 15 sums it up. The Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> you hypocrite. Well, I don't think the man thought he was being a hypocrite, but he was. 
So what's going on? Six days which men ought to work. See, he's saying God gave us the Sabbath. Moses gave us this. We know it's right. And here you're breaking the Sabbath. Well, he wasn't breaking the Sabbath. That was, that was something twist they put on it. But in his mind, he's defending God. He's defending the, the Ten Commandments. He's defending what God gave to the people through Moses. But anytime you get judgmental, you show yourself a hypocrite. What do you mean? Well, that's not just my thinking. That's James, the fourth chapter. That's Romans, the second chapter. It's other passages. What do you mean? The scripture says, in whatever thing you judge another, you are doing the same. Amen. Now that's enlightening, right? And that's, that's Romans 2. And, and James 4 talks about if you're a judge, you're not a doer. Doers are not judges, and judges are not doers. So when you see someone judging, if it's yourself, <laughs> then you, you, you should immediately realize hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Why? Well, read the rest of the passage here. How, the Lord wasn't just trying to make the guy mad. He wasn't just trying to upset him. He's trying to help him, trying to enlighten him. They need to see what they're doing. This hardness of heart, this is really displeasing to God. You know, there are times that Jesus, even his own immediate crew, he, he reproved them for their hardness of heart. There was some strong language. I mean, he really corrected them seriously about what? Well, about being uncaring and unfeeling and unbelieving. You don't want to be that way. That's equivalent to being hard-hearted. You don't want to be hard-hearted. You want to be tender-hearted. Right? Yes. Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Doesn't mean he gets depressed over it, but he cares. He knows about it and he cares. What does he, what does he want? He wants it stopped. He wants you healed. He wants you fixed. Uh, well, should we care about each other then? Yes. If he cares about us, if he cares about them, we should care about them. If he's touched with the feeling of their infirmity, we should be touched. If it pleases him when they're delivered and healed, we should be pleased. Amen. Right? Yes. If he's not pleased when they're bound, we would not be pleased with that. We should be in agreement with him, in sync with him. And these people were not. But what they didn't realize is how hypocritical they were. The Lord said, you hypocrite. And I'm sure you couldn't have made the guy any matter if you'd have slapped him with a wet cloth, you know. But this is public. This is in front of a crowd in the synagogue. But now you've got to remember, he's the one who opened his mouth publicly first. Right? He's the one who set this off. Because he's telling the people. And he's reproving them and rebuking them. Shouldn't be doing this on the Sabbath day. You're breaking the Sabbath. There's six days to come and be healed. Oh, Really? When's your next healing service? <laughs> really? Next Tuesday? No. They never had a healing service. Come on, y'all understand? And that's how these, <laughs> these irritating religious people are. They never do anything. Oh, but they can tell you what you can't do. Oh, they're death on what you can't do. All oh, their rules and regulations. 
And so he said, you hypocrite. And I'm sure the guy's going, me? You? Does not each one of you? Now he brings the whole bunch in. Each one of you what? Pharisees, doctors of the law, all of you with your degrees. He said, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath, the Sabbath, loose, does that word sound familiar? Yes. That's what he said to the woman. You are loosed. And, it, and it's the same idea. It's the idea of undo or untie exactly like untying a donkey or uh, an ox out of a stall or an area. Doesn't each one of you, he said, on the Sabbath... Untie your ox or your donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering. And you know, the moment he said that, all the people went, yeah, you do. You know you do. (laughs) We do too. (laughs) And, And so that just, that contradicts what the guy just got through saying. That they are so meticulous about observing the Sabbath. You're a liar. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're jealous. You're envious that somebody's getting a miracle in your church. Come on. And it wasn't you that was involved in it. You're envious that Jesus has bigger crowds than all of you put together. Huh? That's what's wrong. And this is hypocrisy. That wasn't really the issue. And so it's, it's so... Uh, dishonest. And he said, uh, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall, lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, we've already seen this, uh, and we're going to see this again in our next account, three times Jesus compares the healing of a person to the relieving of a distressed animal. Three times. So this must be significant. He compares it. And he says, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed. There's the word again. You just keep saying it, don't you? Loosed. Why? Because Jesus is in the loosening business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the gospel is the loosening message. Right? You are loosed. You are free. That is the gospel. The Emancipation Proclamation, loosed. Shouldn't she be loosed on this bond, from this bond on the Sabbath day? Why? She's better than a donkey. Amen. She's more important than a sheep. Now, some people say, well, how do you know all living creatures are equal? No, they're not. No, they're not. Jesus says, how much better is a man than a sheep? In one of the cases we've already studied. No. And he said again, you are worth far more than sparrows. He makes statements like that. So no, don't buy into the junk of this world because it's a whole green religion of Mother Earth. I'm telling you, it's a religion and a false religion. Mm -mm. Need to believe the Bible, not all this stuff. No, uh, animal life is not equal to human life. We are much more valuable, much, according to Jesus. We're much more valuable. And that's what he's saying. He he didn't say they had no value, but he said, if you're going to water your donkey, 
shouldn't a woman who is actually has covenant rights, a daughter of Abraham, shouldn't she be loose? If you're going to untie your cow, if you're going to untie your donkey, what's your problem with me untying this woman? Come on, can you see that? He said, you're a hypocrite. You'll untie your donkey and your cow. And you're mad at me for untying this woman. (laughs) And you'll see that what I've been telling you about the people is true in the very next verse. It says, when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. One said they blushed in shame. They were like, and they didn't say anything. They should have. There were no smart remarks after this statement. Because all the people, what did it say? They were looking up, and all the people rejoiced. I mean, <laughs> the, these ungodly religious leaders are going, ooh, yeah. Shouldn't have said that. And all the people are going, yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> yay! Yay! And that's one of the reasons why they hated Jesus so much. They hated him, man, because they felt like he made them look bad. But he didn't make them look bad. They were looking bad before he ever got there. <laughs> they made their self look bad. Nobody made that guy stand up and rail at Jesus about healing on the Sabbath day. He's the one opened his big mouth and walked right into this. Didn't he? He's the one. He could have sat there and learned some things. But all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people did what? Rejoiced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoiced. This is one of the clearest passages on the cause and source of disease and the will of God. I mean, it tells you a bad spirit was involved. Jesus said, Satan did it. How much clearer can you be? Right? Satan's the one that bound the woman. What's the will of God? She ought to be loosed. Hallelujah. Well, has God changed? Has his will changed? No, it's still that way today. These evil things are the work of the evil one and evil beings. Is the will of God still today to be loosed? Somebody say, loose them and let them go. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what the Lord said, you know, over Lazarus. Loose him and let him go. And that's what 1 John 3.8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that word destroy is the same word here in verse 16, translated loosed. Same word, that he might undo the works of the evil one. Loose everybody that'll believe it from these things. Now, you know, another thing that you see here, and we're going to, we're actually going to see this again right away in our next account. And there's a reason why these things keep showing up like Sabbath day. <laughs> there's a reason why. And we're, we're, are you seeing more of it? We're, yeah, we're yeah. growing as to why it happened this way. And what about this comparing a healing to helping an animal in distress. What about that? Well, it should solve things. Uh, you, you know, we don't have to pray to help an animal in distress. 
you know, a lot of you have pets. You got dogs, you got cats. If you came in from somewhere and you find your dog is tangled up in the yarn that you left up under the couch and he's going, and he's all tied up, do you immediately kneel down and pray (laughs) and say, Lord, is it your will (laughs) that we untie pup from his situation? Or are you teaching him something? Now y'all are laughing, that's ridiculous. Is it? Is it? Jesus compared healing and deliverance of human beings to to helping an animal in distress. Why don't you pray about that? Because you've got some sense, right? Because you know there's, there's no mystical issue here about should my dog stay tied up, right? I, I don't have to pray about this. I do I? I don't have to pray about it. I come in, find my cat's thirsty. Hadn't had water in a while. I do not need to see if I can ascertain if it's the will of God to water the cat. Do you? That's just how ridiculous these religious encumbrances are that people are still struggling. Is it God's will to heal me? Is it God? You think? You're more compassionate than God? You think you're more tender-hearted than Him? You enjoy seeing your animal suffer and be in distress? If you got livestock, you got a horse, the horse falls down in a pit, he's stuck in mud up to his neck, he's in distress, he struggled till he can hardly move anymore, you can tell he's going to die if something doesn't happen. You enjoy seeing that? No, you don't. Does God enjoy seeing humanity struggle and suffer and be in pain? Does he? You you said, no, I agree with you. But there's a bunch of people that say something different. They are saying that all this stuff is God's working. That God's in control of everything. And so all this suffering and pain is somehow his unknowable, mysterious will. Not true. Quit listening to that stuff. Those are ideas of men, philosophies of men who have exalted their thinking above the Bible. Go back to the Bible. Somebody say, back to the Bible. Back back to the Bible. When Jesus says something, should it matter to you? Should it give you your answers? Should it shape your thinking and how you see things and how you believe? It should. It should. And what does Jesus say? Does not each one of you untie his animal, immediately take him to water on the Sabbath day. Don't you do it? Then this woman, who's a daughter of Abraham, who's been bound up by the devil for 18 years, she ought to be untied. She ought to be loosed from this bondage. She ought to be led out to freedom. Hallelujah. And and water. (laughs) And blessing. Shouldn't she? Then that means you don't have to pray 
about is it God's will for me to be healed or delivered any more than you need to pray about untying your pup from the yarn. You know immediately, without hesitation, without question, it is God's will. I said it is God's will. You remember our first study, if you were with us or if you've watched the previous ones, was the healing of the leper. And the leper came to Jesus with this question. Why, why was that the first one? Well, it deals with the big question. He said, Lord, I know you can heal me if it's your will. Isn't that what the church is, half the church is praying? Two-thirds of the church is still praying today. Lord, I know you can. Oh, I believe God can. If, if it's his will. It's just as reasonable to say, you know, I'll help my animal if it's God's will. Well, what are you waiting on? Why won't you help your horse? Why won't you help your dog? Well, I'm, I'm waiting to see if it's the will of God. I mean, people would report you. Is that right? And then it's something that, that there's a lot of people that are such big animal rights advocates turn around and accuse God of being cruel and uncaring. I mean, you wouldn't treat your dog that way. Right? You wouldn't treat your cat that way. And yet you're saying, oh, God likes it. He likes it when I'm tied up like this. He likes it when I had not had any water for days. He likes it when I'm upside down in the pit. I don't know why he likes it, but for some reason, oh, God, I'm in the pit. No. <laughs> Help me out, class. No. This is some more of that ungodly religious stuff. The same kind of thing that guy was spewing about the Sabbath day, don't come and try to be healed on that day. It's the same confusion. It's from the same place. And it's all designed to rob people of their faith so that they don't endeavor to step out and receive so that they just yield to it and let it devastate their life because it's somehow the will of God. No, no, no. Let's get out of the pit. Let's get the dog out of the yarn. Right? Let's water the cat. Let's get some help and get the horse out of the ditch. Right? Get the horse out of the ditch. The horse is unhappy. Get him out of the ditch and wash the horse down. Right? And give him some oats and an apple. And make him happy. Is that right? Is that right? Now, come on. Why do you, why does that feel good to you? And you think, yeah, 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 yeah. Help the dog. Help the horse. Help the cat. Are you really more compassionate than the creator of the universe? No, no, no. You are that way because you tap into him. And he is that way. His compassions. Oh, somebody say compassion. His compassions. They do not fail. Let me read some scripture to you about it. How many believe the Lord is compassionate? When he sees somebody hurting he cares. He's touched with the feelings of those infirmities and weaknesses. Psalm 145, 8 and 9, it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Do you believe it? Yes. Lamentations 3, 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions 
fail not. What does that mean? He never quits having compassion. He never runs out of compassion. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Every morning when you wake up, you got fresh compassion. Hallelujah. Coming from the Lord, you got fresh mercy. Great is thy faithfulness. You remember I referred to it, but I want to read it directly. Again and again, it said Jesus in Matthew 14, 14, he went forth, he saw a great multitude. He was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. He was moved with compassion toward the multitude because they didn't have anything to eat. And that's when the miracle happened of the loaves and fishes multiplying. He saw a, a funeral procession going and the mother crying lost her only son. And, and he was moved with compassion, went over there, touched her, touched the casket. The dead was raised. I mean, when they cried out and said, Lord, have mercy on us. He was moved with compassion and touched them and healed them. Is he still moved yes. with compassion today? Said out loud, his compassions, his compassions. Flow, to flow to me. He cares for me. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of this, we know there is no way it's God's will for you to stay sick. There is no way it's God's will for you to stay in pain, for you to stay distressed, for you to stay hurting and down and in bondage, because for this purpose was the Son of God manifested. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. To undo all of that and to loose you and set you free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 And our time is up again. Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith. Do you feel a little stronger now than at the beginning of the week? Yeah, you do. I can tell. Yeah, you do. I'm looking at you. Hallelujah. You're stronger now. We'll see you again soon right here in Faith School. Really enjoyed being with you again this week in uh, faith school talking about faith for healing. And I always like to, at the end of the week, release our faith for our partners. I know many of you have been partners with us for some time. And just like we were talking about compassion concerning healing, the Lord has compassion on our material part of our life. And you know, we've made mistakes. All of us have made mistakes. And there are times where you've messed up something that's cost you money or put you behind. And sometimes people say, well, you've made your bed hard, then you just got to lay in it. No, that's what mercy is for, is when you've made mistakes. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father God, have mercy on us. Uh, our mistakes that we've made financially and materially, forgive us. We purpose to listen to you better going forward. We ask and we claim more than enough money and resources and favor coming in to catch us up and to get us ahead. I call every need met. I call every bill paid. I call every debt paid off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
thank God you don't have to just live with your mistakes forever. God is a merciful God and His mercy is taking care of you. He's taking care of all your needs. We'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.